Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on Gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Give the podcast a follow. Our guy, Alex Uplinger, managing that account at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. As I record on a Friday evening, February the 18th, you listen on a Saturday morning. It is time for college basketball to take center stage in the sports universe as we are less than a month away from Selection Sunday. That's probably the best part about the Super Bowl being a week later than it usually is, is that means that there's less time in between Super Bowl Sunday and Selection Sunday, a time in the sports calendar that I've always felt to be the most boring time of the year. I have uh, started my Oscar Best Picture binge for the season as the nominees were released earlier in February, and um, two out of the ten under my belt so far. I've seen Coda and Dune, so I got eight more to go. But I'm flying solo here on a Friday night to give you a little kind of rapid-fire college basketball Saturday pitch pod. Hopefully we'll be able to get our college basketball savant Bill Christie back here uh, perhaps as early as next weekend. As Like I said, we have less than a month until Selection Sunday, so it's time to rock and roll with some college hoops gambling picks for Saturday, February the 19th. Believe it or not, four of my six picks take place in the SEC, which feels a little weird to say, but that's where we're going 
for the majority of our plays. I do have a max play in the Big 12, but I want to start in the Big 10 where I want to go to East Lansing and it looks like the line between Illinois and Michigan State is about a pick'em. And I am going to be on the Spartans here at home, coming off of a loss against the Penn State Nittany Lions, a pretty bad loss for Michigan State. This is a Michigan State team that, entering the season, was not in the preseason top 25. And they the, the thing I always like about Tom Izzo teams is that they always seem to get better as the year goes on. And that's what, up until the game against Penn State the other night, that's what I thought was happening with Michigan State uh, this season. And they had a little bit of a setback there, a slip-up against the Knits. But, again, more often than not, I am going to expect a Tom Izzo coach team to bounce back. Sure enough, 5-1 Five and one against the spread this year are the Spartans coming off of their six losses. As I said, they weren't as highly thought of coming into the year. They were picked sixth in the Big Ten preseason poll, uh, but obviously uh, that's a preseason poll for a reason. Michigan was picked to finish first in the conference coming into the year. So a lot has changed. Obviously, these two schools, in-state rivals, Michigan and Michigan State, met up uh, at the end of January, and Michigan State won going away by 16 points. So... I am expecting a bounce back from Michigan State. Not only have they lost to Penn State, but they lost to Rutgers uh, last weekend. They lost last Tuesday to, uh, excuse me, the Rutgers game was two weeks ago. But they lost to Rutgers, lost to Wisconsin, got a nice 15-point W over Indiana before slipping up on the road against Penn State. So despite having lost three out of four and with Illinois coming in a better ranked team in the poll, The fact that you're still seeing this line at pick shows me that there's really only one way I can look. Don't let the recency bias fall too much into your lap in terms of the fighting Illini. Again, this is more of a bet on Michigan State than anything else. I like the Spartans to bounce back. As I said, 5-1 against a spread off a loss. At home, still in the top 25. Chance to be feeling a lot better about themselves in 24 hours. I'll take the Michigan State Spartans at Pickham for my first play on this college basketball Saturday. I want to keep things moving and go to the SEC where, I, as I said, I have four picks in the SEC. And we're going to get started with one of the bigger games in the conference. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It probably is one of the bigger games in the conference. So I suppose that's not an inaccurate statement. But the main thing I wanted to get across here is just the overall depth of the SEC. When you look from top to bottom, obviously Auburn has been outstanding. Kentucky looks like it could be a national championship contender. Tennessee just beat Kentucky by double digits. Arkansas made the Elite Eight last year, and the Razorbacks will have more on them in a little bit. So from top to bottom, this is a pretty deep league. Uh, and, you know, you, l- looking at Alabama, the Crimson Tide are into the top 25. Nate Oates' squad has had some impressive wins, and that's where I'm going here. I'm actually going to fade the Crimson Tide, though, and lay six and the hook with Kentucky at home at Rupp Arena. Get right game for Kentucky. Similar handicap in terms of expecting a veteran coach in John Calipari to bounce back off of a loss in which they didn't really play that well in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers on, I think it was Tuesday night. 
I think it's a get-right game for Kentucky at home. They beat Alabama by double digits on the road. Now at 6.5, I would play it up to 7.5. You're looking at uh, Alabama. That game wasn't that long ago either, so it's not like these teams are drastically different from the time Kentucky went to Tuscaloosa and won by double digits. Now, there was an Alabama win over Arkansas since then, which is a pretty nice win in the conference. But again, Kentucky, prior to that Tennessee game, and you may still feel this way, looked like a team that could win the national championship. And so you're talking about a Kentucky team back at home after that Tennessee game was on the road. The Wildcats are 6th in offensive efficiency, 13th in defensive efficiency. It's a pretty well-rounded team that John Calipari has this year. And uh, there's one thing, too, that I really think could be problematic for the Crimson Tide here. They are outside the top 60 in defensive efficiency. So I think that the buckets are going to be a little harder to come by for an Alabama team that we know likes to play fast, likes to get up and down the floor. At least that's kind of been their mantra under Nate Oates. I think it could be a little more problematic in terms of the easy buckets against the Kentucky Wildcats, given that Kentucky has really been strong on both ends of the floor. Again, the Wildcats look like a complete team this year. And again, much like I mentioned with Michigan State and trying not to fall victim to recency bias, same thing here. Kentucky at home, again, laying about a touchdown here for a football term. Uh, I I think it's a good enough price for me to get involved with Kentucky in a get-right spot. So I'll take the Wildcats minus six and a half would play it up to seven and a half for my first play in the SEC. Uh, let's stay in the SEC. I guess we'll end with our max play uh, and uh, we're going to bounce around and go to Gainesville where, you know, just sound the alarms here. This is uh, Scott Van Pelt calls it a general principle game on winners in college football season where you just see a line that just absolutely reeks and you have nothing else to do but to play the reeky side or the stinky side. Well, that's what we have going on here in Gainesville as the Auburn Tigers travel to Gainesville to take on the Florida Florida Gators. And the Auburn Tigers, the a top five team in the country, 24-2, and 12-1 in league play. Oh, by the way, that loss wasn't that long ago against Arkansas. That Auburn team is only laying three against Unranked Florida? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be on Florida. And again, it's not just unranked Florida. It's 6-7 and seven in SEC play Florida compared to 12-1 and one in SEC play Auburn. This is Florida's season. Okay, the Gators really aren't even on the bubble as I record right now on a Friday evening. And... Now you have Auburn coming to Gainesville. Opportunity for a quad one win for Florida, which would really get Mike White's team back in the discussion. And the big thing I like here, much the same way that I mentioned Alabama always kind of being a faster-paced team. Well, and Alabama, by the way, 15th in adjusted tempo. I should have included that. Auburn not as high, but still in the top 50 in adjusted tempo. 15th in adjusted offensive efficiency. And I really think the crowd here for Florida, and by the way, Florida's better defensively than offensively, I think the crowd here will lend itself towards a Florida team really hunkering down on the defensive end of the floor. And I think they will make life hell for the Auburn Tigers in a game in which Florida really needs to have. As I said, this is the season 
for the Gators, it feels like. Are you going to get a better opportunity than this? Auburn coming into your barn. Right now, Ken Palm has the Gators at 54th overall in their rankings. So again, it isn't as if Florida is dead. But the Gators got to start racking up some resume wins. And I don't see a better one on the schedule, a better opportunity than right here against the Auburn Tigers. Quad one win gets you right back in the conversation. I expect a very strong defensive performance from Florida on Saturday afternoon on its home floor. I'll take the three points. I don't think we'll need them, though. Gators outright against the Auburn Tigers. A few more picks here as we come move right along. Again, just kind of a quick rapid fire. Wanted to get something up on our podcast slate here for the weekend. Uh, so uh, get in and get, get you in and out in about 20 minutes, hopefully, uh, with with some winners as well. Let's go to Columbia, South Carolina, where I believe College Game Day is going to be there for a women's game uh, between South Carolina and Tennessee. But I'm going to look at the men's game here and look at South Carolina plus the points at home against LSU. South Carolina catching about... It looks like four and a half, five. And I'm going to look. Yeah, it's a Sunday game, by the way. College game day uh, for South Carolina and Tennessee on the women's side. But the men's team, you know, hey, maybe some good vibes down there in South Carolina this weekend. Uh, Frank Martin, another coach that, uh, you know, he's, he's not Izzo or Calipari, but uh, he's a coach who I think gets his teams to really buy in on the defensive end of the floor as well. And it's something I always like when I'm playing home dogs, right? Are you going to be engaged defensively? Is the crowd going to urge you on defensively? Are you going to make it hard for the opponent who, you know, seemingly as the road favorite has more talent to get easy buckets? And that's going to keep you in the game. Well, sure enough, South Carolina, 200th in the nation in offensive efficiency, but they are 32nd in the nation in defensive efficiency. So again, in a spot here as a home dog, I look at South Carolina as being really fired up with a chance to make a little bit of a statement here. South Carolina, similar to Florida, 6-7 and seven in SEC play, a chance to pick up a nice victory over an LSU team that has since righted the ship. And so while I do think there are some buy signs on South Carolina, South Carolina coming off of a buzzer beater against Ole Miss, right? So I, you know, you could look at that and say, well, Ole Miss is further down in the standings than South Carolina. What are you doing needing a buzzer beater win to beat the lowly Rebels? I get that, but you could also look at it and say, and this is something I like, when you're in a look-ahead spot, when you still find a way, because this is a big game for South Carolina against LSU, so you could have argued look-ahead when they were playing Ole Miss earlier in the week, and you can still find a way to win. I think that's reinvigorating, even if you don't have your best stuff like the Cox did not, clearly, against the Rebels. So I look at that and say, well, that game could have gone one of two ways. Either they lose and the season kind of sputters out of control, or they find a way to win ugly and it becomes a rallying cry and a turning point for the Gamecocks. I am more in the camp of the latter, so I think you're going to get a really reinvigorated and juiced up South Carolina team that will defend very well, which I like, as I said, with a home dog. And you look at the LSU side of things, as I said, Tigers have kind of righted the ship a little bit here of late. So 
you know, they had lost six of seven, but now LSU has won three in a row. And the Tigers are, I believe, still in the top 25. Uh, no, they are not, actually. They have fallen out. But uh, they're, they're right on the precipice, I believe. And they have. But the bigger reason here for me to be on the Gamecocks, in addition to the pro-South Carolina reasons, it's a big look-ahead spot for LSU against Kentucky. And had LSU continued to play poorly, you can't argue look-ahead, right? Because they're sputtering. Why would they be looking ahead when they can't even win a game? But they've won three in a row. As I said, prior to that, the Tigers had lost six out of seven. So it feels like they've righted the ship. Now they breathe a little bit. They start getting a little excited for the Kentucky game. South Carolina at home in a big game for the Cox. Rises to the occasion. Again, probably live on the money line as well. I'll take what looks to be about four and a half, five points. It looks like at a lot of shops. South Carolina Gamecocks for another play in the SEC. Two more plays before I wrap things up. I want to stay in the SEC, and then we'll wrap up with that max play that I alluded to in the Big 12. I want to go to the game between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Tennessee Volunteers, as it's Arkansas laying three at home. Looks like maybe three and the hook at home. Late afternoon tip here in Fayetteville. Much how I mentioned I want to back Kentucky coming off of the loss against Arkansas. Well, I want to, excuse me, the loss against Tennessee. I want to fade Tennessee coming off the win against Kentucky. Vols may be a little fat and happy coming off of the biggest win of their season so far. And Arkansas, on the other hand, well, the Razorbacks just keep trend cruising right along. That's seven consecutive covers for the Hogs. Eric Musselman's team got to a regional final one year ago. And I think this line is very telling, right? Talked a little bit about it with Florida where it's just a trappy line and you better not be taking Auburn as far as I'm concerned. Well, I feel the same way about this game where you see a Tennessee team pick up a road or excuse me, a home win against Kentucky. Here are the Vols now third in the SEC behind Kentucky and uh, Auburn, excuse me, trending towards perhaps the top 10 in next week's poll. Arkansas on the fringe of the top 25, and yet here's Arkansas, a home favorite after that big win that Tennessee had by double digits over the Kentucky Wildcats. That is going to tip me off, certainly, to one side. It's Arkansas laying the short number at home. I'll take the Razorbacks for a one-unit play in Fayetteville. And again, we'll back Eric Musselman and the boys. Last play for me here, and I mean, I, I don't even know uh, what more I need to say. I, 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 I Maybe Bill, if we had him, would, would have been on the other side and we'd have a crossfire. But I love, love, love the Texas Longhorns at home against the Texas Tech Red Raiders on Saturday afternoon. I think this is another early kick with the, uh, excuse me, early tip. I think it's 12 noon Eastern time this game goes off, Texas Tech and Texas. But big-time revenge spot here for the Longhorns. Excuse me, it's 12.30 tip-off in Austin. And the Red Raiders are on top of the world, right? They just completed a season sweep of Auburn. Uh, they, Excuse me, of Baylor. Uh, still in the SEC there, saying Auburn. But they win by double digits against Baylor on Wednesday night. Uh, they beat Baylor in Waco uh, earlier this season as well. They have a win over Kansas uh, as well at, in Lubbock. So the Red Raiders may well be the best team in the Big 12, okay? But 
I, it's going to be another raucous environment in Texas, excuse me, in Austin on Saturday afternoon. The Longhorns pick up a win, albeit an ugly one, against Oklahoma. Speaks again to my point, right? When you can win ugly in look-ahead games like Texas had, I know it's rivalry in Oklahoma, but clear look-ahead, right, with Texas Tech coming up next and a revenge game for Texas after losing by double digits in Lubbock in the beginning of February. When you can win in a look-ahead spot, even if it's ugly, you may not cover the spread, I like that. I think that's a sign of togetherness and stick to and an ability to play through adversity. And that's what I look at when I look at that Texas win in overtime, oh, by the way, in Norman on Tuesday night against the Oklahoma Sooners. Now they come back home. Again, this is the big game. This is the game of the year for Texas as far as I'm concerned, and they are a rightful favorite in this game of three and a half, it appears. And you look at the rest of the regular season schedule for the Longhorns, they'll get Oklahoma again. Excuse me, that I will look it up right now. I'm looking at the Texas Tech schedule. Uh, they will not get Oklahoma again. They will get TCU after this, West Virginia, and then they do have Baylor and Kansas still to play. So you could certainly split your hairs in terms of Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas. But I mentioned Texas Tech, has a sweep of Baylor, they split with Kansas, and they already beat Texas once. This, you know, obviously the Chris Beard stuff, now he gets the his former team, the Red Raiders, in his barn in Austin. I'm going to be all over the Red, excuse me, the Longhorns. Uh, you know, and maybe, maybe a little letdown, right? I mean, Texas Tech has had an outstanding season, and I don't know that I saw them being, who did see Texas Tech perhaps being the best team in the Big 12, but after that sweep of Baylor, winning by double digits on, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, I could see a little bit of a letdown type game here from Texas Tech. Despite the fact, normally you think letdown, you think, oh, well, uh, you know, they're playing, you know, Iowa State or, you know, some other, Nebraska, well, Nebraska's not in the Big 12 anymore. But you get my point, a lesser Big, Te- Big 12 team. So that doesn't apply here, playing Texas. But... Are you able to maintain that same level that you did against Baylor, particularly in the second half? I have my doubts. I will take the Longhorns, minus three, and the hook. Again, there's a reason they're favored here. I expect Texas to play its best game of the season. Longhorns by double digits. Max play for me, Texas Longhorns, to wrap up the pod. See, that wasn't so bad. 20 minutes in and out. Six sides on the college hardwood for Saturday to recap it all, we're on Michigan State at Pickham, Kentucky up to minus 7.5, Florida plus 3, South Carolina plus 4.5, Arkansas minus 3, and for a max play, Hook'em, the Texas Longhorns, minus 3, and the hook. See what I did there against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That's going to wrap things up for me here on a very quick in-and-out edition of Full Slate on a Saturday morning. You listen, I record on a Friday night. Time to go enjoy a few beers, enjoy my Friday night responsibly, and I hope you enjoy your Saturdays and gambling responsibly as well. My name is Greg Frank. Shoot me a follow on Gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Friday isn't so good, turning out to be so good for me. Hopefully Saturday turns out a little bit better. Follow the podcast as well at full underscore slate underscore pod. This has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. And as I said, of course, please play responsibly.